Hello, I'm Neil Grant and you're listening to The Vocation Cast, a work search resource that shows you how to completely transform your professional future. If you're looking for an employed position with a private sector organisation and you're open to some fresh ideas that will propel you into the A-League of job seekers, you'll find plenty to get excited about here. In each episode, I present a range of work search strategies that are lifted straight from my Vocation Master programme. You can forget about a traditional approach, because what you get here is a total reimagination of what's possible. It's job hunting, but on steroids. You'll be learning a little theory and developing a lot of practical skills over the coming weeks and months. But if you're impatient and want to get ahead of the curve, there's a quick and easy solution. Visit vocationmaster.com where you can gain immediate access to my free Job Interview Secrets video course. You get three hours of information, advice and action plans that go straight to the heart of my advanced job interview strategy. I used to charge $99 for this material, but I'm now making it available to you without any charge whatsoever. To say thanks for showing interest in what I do, and as an insight into how I work, just go to vocationmaster.com for free and immediate access. A successful job hunt will include contact with a wide range of people, all of whom can give you information about potential employers and work opportunities. They can also make personal introductions on your behalf and connect you to key influencers and decision makers. This is a profoundly important element of my work search strategy – and you really shouldn't underestimate its power to transport you directly to the door of the person with the ability to hire you. All of the people you meet might contribute to the positive outcome of your work search in ways that aren't immediately obvious, so you must nurture your team of contacts diligently in order to get the most out of them. This is the essence of getting your team to play for you in the most effective way. In today's vocation cast, I'd like to give you some guidelines which should help you tread the fine line between exploiting the knowledge and networks of this group of people for your own specific purposes, whilst treating them with appropriate care and attention – You do this so that they don't feel as if their generosity is being abused. Now, I'll begin by sharing an unavoidable truth about the contact phase of any work search with you. Some job hunters falter at this stage of the process for one of two particular reasons, each of which seriously compromises their chances of success if they fall into the traps that lie in wait. So I want to tell you what these reasons are, how to deal with them if you think you might be susceptible to them, 
and then present a framework for building gold standard contacts. It's not always plain sailing when you're dealing with new contacts. Dealing with any kinds of people is an unpredictable affair at the best of times, and doubly so when the pressure's on and your future work prospects are on the line. There's a lot riding on the positive outcome of most contact building activities, and because of this, a common problem is failing to make the most potential of the connection scenario. Feedback with my course participants and coaching clients tells me that this sometimes happens because a job hunter suspects that they're taking advantage of another person and this can sit uncomfortably with them. They hold back either because they're reluctant to impose themselves upon a new contact as they see it or because they haven't practised the necessary skills diligently enough. I don't dismiss this concern, and perhaps you recognise this characteristic in yourself, particularly if you show strong empathic qualities. Fouling up is an eminent possibility if you're too sensitive to other people's feelings, you worry about what they might be thinking of you, or if you believe you're taking up their valuable time and attention. It doesn't help matters if you're timid, non-assertive or lack self-confidence in some way. Going to the other extreme, bold and strongly assertive people who are full to the brim with self-confidence can become their own worst enemies. If you're used to getting your own way most of the time by force of will, you'll probably have to rein in these tendencies here. Some job seekers deal with other people as though they were expendable and if you're not careful you can easily destroy a promising relationship through badly chosen words, a clumsy manner or an ill-considered approach. This is the second potential difficulty you might experience, especially if you're an uncompromising, relentlessly determined sort of person. Finding a middle way that balances these two polarities is where you really want to be. You need to avoid being too reticent, but without being too garrulous. So this is the way I go about dealing with this contact building task. In a previous vocation cast, I used the analogy of a football team to illustrate the importance of excelling in your particular position – whether that's on the playing field or within the work role that you occupy. I'll now make a return to this idea by comparing the way a top-flight sports coach manages a team to extract their players' best performance with your task of guiding the contacts you make so that you can get the most value out of them. Of course, this isn't a precise comparison – a sports team is on the company payroll, whilst your potential contacts certainly aren't. Footballers have an obligation to follow instructions in a way that anyone you might consider as a contact don't. 
The similarity lies in the undisputable fact that you and a sports coach have the direct ability to influence the outcome of the people on your team. The better you can do this, the more likely it is that you'll emerge victorious. Everyone is different and different people need to be handled in different ways. All very well, but despite this truism, what you really need is a reliable, tried and tested framework to operate by during any contact building activity. I believe that a good starting point is to follow a six-stage process which you can mould and adapt depending on the nature of the people you meet with and the needs of the situation you find yourself in. This is the one that I've developed over many years of building my own contact networks and helping countless other people build their own. It really works, provided that you pay attention to the details and the two guiding principles that I'll tell you about at the end. So, this is a summary of the contact building framework. Step one is to know what you want to achieve. How does each potential contact impact upon your job search? And what do you specifically want to gain from each encounter? Are you looking for information to add to your research file or details of an onward contact? Do you want background knowledge or are you after confirmation of one particular detail? Is this a get-to-know-you meeting to warm up a new contact or is it a follow-up in which you'll be pushing them for a final introduction or somewhere in between? Step two is to understand how this person can help you make progress towards your goal. Some people have broad knowledge of company affairs, whilst others have a depth of information about just one single topic. Each contact type is useful in its own way, and you must get to the root of someone's background and expertise quickly. As with a sports team, are you dealing with a striker whose job it is to shoot for goal? A midfield general who knows how to control the business gameplay? Or a defender whose main task is to ward off attacks from competitors? Step three is to recognise their strengths and weaknesses. Every player on your contacts team will have their own characteristics. Some could be talkative, whilst others will be tight-lipped, for example. Some will be generous with their information, divulging remarkable confidences without demur, but others could need a lot of prizing open before they talk. Understanding the strengths and weaknesses of any new contact in terms of how easily they assist you will help shape your plan of attack. Step four is to listen before you speak. The best, most valuable information you acquire is often peripheral to the main message you hear. Some new contacts provided you earn their trust and they happily agree to speak with you, will help you in precisely the way you want. 
Others won't be quite as forthcoming, although they'll sometimes go through the motions of telling you things or confirming knowledge that you already have, which can be frustrating. Use active listening techniques before you dismiss them as low-quality contacts and set your antenna for throwaway lines that are sometimes the most informative. Step 5 is to gain their commitment to your cause. This is the key to getting people to play for you. Without an agreement to help you in the way you specify, you can't really count on anyone you speak with as a trusted team member, let alone bank on them to deliver the goods in a reliable way. And there's no need to be coy about your aims. Simply tell the person you identify as your next contact what you're hoping to achieve and ask them if they're prepared to help you. If they commit to this, you're all set to go. If not, well, you might be best advised to seek better prospects. Step six is to move forward during each encounter. Every conversation must be focused on achieving a specific outcome, and that always means that you move forward in some way. It might be a small move, but it could be a substantial shift in the right direction. Whatever else you do, don't arrange conversations with anyone without having a clear idea of what kind of advance you anticipate. It's easy to waste your time and effort on meaningless chatter about things that are of no use to you, but if you commit to moving forward during each and every contact building encounter, you'll go a long way towards avoiding this scenario. In summary, this is an outline of the process that I teach my course participants to adopt. Crucially, there are two overarching considerations that come above these six steps at a very practical level. The first of these is to be on high alert not to stray far from the middle of the pathway that I spoke about at the beginning of this vocation cast. You mustn't unnerve new contacts by being too cautious, but nor should you alienate anyone by being too audacious in your words or actions. Second, it's imperative that you practice this element of your strategy as well as you can. Rehearsal is fundamental to any competent performance, and no actor would consider going on stage until they'd learnt their lines, developed their character, and knew their marks with absolute precision. Neither should you. And this is something I talk about in an upcoming vocation cast. In the next episode, I'll be talking about the highest level of connection you can make, and that's with hiring decision makers who've got the authority to offer you an employment contract. Ideally, you'll be introduced by a third party. But what are your options if this method stalls? How do you work around situations when your contacts disappoint you or if you hit connection dead ends? 
That's all coming up in episode 28, so look out for that. If you prefer to watch training materials rather than listen to them, all of these episodes are available in video format. Just go to YouTube and search for Vocation Master. Well, thanks for being with me. I'll be back with you again soon. Bye for now.